Hello, happy Friday, and welcome back to The Tenth Man. This is episode 21, Friday, May 1st, 2020. I'm really, I'm really excited today. Uh, it's been, obviously, this is uh, 20 episodes down now, and this has really been quite a journey for me. started this back in October, so that's uh, about six months now, and one of the big things with starting up this podcast is just finding my voice and deciding where I'm going to go with this and what's the 10th man really going to be about. And uh, as I've just been reflecting over the last few weeks and talking a lot about the coronavirus, obviously, really want to really want to start focusing on current issues. I know I've I've talked a lot about some personal things and some things sort of uh, in the abstract, but I really want to really want to get back to specifics and uh, current events. Part of this journey for me has been finding my voice, finding my comfort zone, and and uh, finding where I get response. And I really am interested in kind of sharing my thoughts on some of the important events of the day. So I just thought I'd start off with talking about uh, what I've been talking about all this time, uh, coronavirus, uh, but specifically I wanted to talk about our president and the handling of it. Uh, In fact, if you've been following the news, you may have seen that uh, Donald Trump was praising some Michigan protesters in uh, Michigan who were protesting against the stay-at-home order. And I'll, I'm going to get to that a little bit more later, but that's, that's, that's important because I'm talking about the overall response. And the first thing I wanted to do was actually uh, just play a clip uh, that uh, Donald Trump, when he was asked about his response to COVID-19. You said broken test. It's a new virus. So how can the test be broken? We had a broken test. We had broken tests. We had tests that were obsolete. We had tests that didn't take care of people. But here's what's very important. If you take a look at the swine flu, H1N1, or as Joe Biden would say, N1H1, but it's actually wrong. He didn't even know the name. Okay. H1N1, the swine flu. The Obama administration was a disaster, and they did polling on how did they do, and their polls were so negative, so bad, they did a very poor job. Now, I just found that little soundbite just so amazing, so amazing. Uh, Classic, classic Donald Trump right there. Uh, Take the onus off of himself and push it onto somebody else, and what's the first thing he does? So for context, he's, he's being asked here, by Jim Acosta of NBC to explain how he inherited bad tests from the Obama administration when COVID-19 did not exist. And this was four years ago. I mean, Obama hasn't been president for almost four years. And this was his answer. And he, he basically 
he used it to go after Joe Biden for calling it N1H1. And you know the phrase, uh, he who lives in a glass house shouldn't throw stones, right? Uh, I just thought that was pretty uh, amazing uh, of all people uh, for Donald Trump to try to call out uh, Joe Biden mispronouncing H1N1. I, I, I actually really wish, I really wished that uh, Jim Acosta would have followed it up with asking Donald Trump to explain what H1N1 means uh, from a s- actual scientific uh, perspective. What, what does it stand for and what does it mean? What does it refer to? Uh, he would have, I'm sure, would have pushed that off in, in whatever way he needed to. But uh, I just found that uh, pretty funny to me. And in listening to it, it, it kind of uh, <laughs> motivated me to just do a very quick recap of some of the other uh, uh, great, great examples of from our president of of misspeaking against uh, somebody who's uh, living in a, a glass house here, uh, throwing stones at Joe Biden. Uh, this was a person who at one point thought that Britain used to be called England. In fact, he actually has demonstrated that he does not know what Britain and the UK are or that there's even a difference between them at all. He's repeatedly He's repeatedly had to be reminded that Ireland is not a part of the UK. Uh, he, he gets the North and South Korean presidents mixed up. Uh, he actually, he met with, uh, earlier this year, he met with uh, President Barzani of Iraqi Kurdistan, and he mixed him up with Syrian Kurds. So the president of Iraqi Kurdistan, which has nothing to do with Syria, so he says he's meeting with the president. This is from Iraq. He says, as you know, we left Syria from the standpoint of the border, and that's worked out great with Turkey. It's worked out far better than anyone thought possible. They have the so-called safe zone, and I appreciate everything you've done to keep it as safe as possible. And this is, I mean, just can you can you imagine what that would be like from the other side? You're the president of a country, and you're talking to the president of the United States, and he doesn't know what country you're from. Um, that's got to be a good boost for the ego, right? And then he also had said, uh, he, he tweeted about um, bombing Iraq when he, as, as crediting himself with sending bombs over to Iraq when he, he never has. He bombed Syria. Uh, so this is a, uh, this was a separate occasion. So he, he's shown a, uh, a trend of mixing the two countries up. But hey, no, no big deal, right? He's just the president of the United States. It's not a big deal for him to know uh, which. Uh, country is which. Uh, he also thought that Nepal and Bhutan, or he he actually called them nipple and button. I'm not making that up. Uh, but he thought that nipple and button were actually part of India and not their own countries. And then I, I think everybody 
we remember when uh, he he talked about how Colorado was going to build its wall between Mexico. So we thought that Colorado bordered Mexico. He also thought that Paris was in Germany. And uh, my personal favorite, the the devastating devastating uh, fires we had here in Paradise, California. Uh, I actually have a a personal friend and colleague who lost his home and uh, to this to this terrible fire <clears throat> he came into the town with governor Newsom and referred to it as pleasure he had to be corrected after he said it twice pleasure um you know no big deal right it's just uh you're just the president and you're visiting a, a town that's just been devastated but hey let's go after joe biden for saying n1h1 that's relevant. Right? That's that's the important part here. But that's what you do when you don't have anything of substance. You deflect. That's as, that's that's where I'm going with this. Is is that President Trump has just all he does is deflect. Oh, what about what about you know with a what a child does? It's what my kids do. They point fingers at other people. All this is about. COVID-19, right? That's that's what this is really about. So we're talking about Donald Trump's response. And I just thought this was so incredible. So today, first off, let's let's look back a little bit. Do you remember, obviously, we all remember Colin Kaepernick. And he started this movement of people kneeling for the national anthem out of protest, peaceful protests uh, towards violence against blacks in this country, particularly by law enforcement. And this is, has been demonstrated to be a serious problem in this country, not fabricated by these players at all. And Donald Trump, he called them sons of bitches. And he said that uh, the owners of teams ought to fire these people, get them off the field, don't let them play anymore. This was also the same president who, in Charlottesville, basically put the Nazi sympathizers, KKK, on the same footing as the black protesters who were being attacked by the KKK. And he basically said there was good and bad on both sides. Okay, so this is the same person. Now, this is the same guy who just today put out sympathy and support for these protesters in Michigan. So have you, I don't know if you've seen this at all, but basically what's going on is in Michigan, it's a democratically run state, they're, they're in session right now uh, at the Capitol, and they're deciding on whether to extend stay-at-home orders. So there's about five to 700 people on the steps of... The Capitol building. And I actually was looking at some of these pictures. I mean, some of these guys are armed. They're, you know, I mean, they're, they, they look like 
domestic terrorists, depending on what you want to call it. I mean, if the way I see it is when it's uh, when it's a white guy arming himself in the name of uh, his freedom. Well, he's just a patriot. But if your skin is brown, then you're a terrorist. Um, so he comes out and says, the governor of Michigan should give a little and put out the fire. These are very good people, but they're angry. They want their lives back safely. See them, talk to them, make a deal. Okay. Now, what this is all about is his own reelection. He's worried that the increases in unemployment that are going to keep happening for these people is going to damage his chances at reelection. It always comes back to him. It's always about what's, how it's going to affect him. That's why he always wants to highlight his success. It's why he brings down Obama. It's why he calls out Biden saying N1H1. Uh, he he always wants to deflect responsibility. It's it's his it's all it's just all that he does. Now, why this is so important to me, uh, him highlighting the support. This isn't the first time he's done this, by the way. Uh, he last month he tweeted uh, in support of uh, liberating states. These are democratically run states, by the way. So democratic governors who just happen to be tending to be more on the side of uh, correct and uh, all-encompassing responsible responses and measures to the pandemic. So the democratically run states, he's calling for liberation. Now, why this is important to me is he is a walking, talking contradiction. Uh, When this all first started, he claimed absolute power over everything when the states will reopen. And then he backpedaled on that when he realized that it doesn't quite work that way. Um, And now he's, he's calling out support for people who are actually, they're protesting against his own administration's policies, his own recommendations. Uh, The Trump administration official recommendation is that you ease restrictions only after 14 consecutive days of a, a decline in cases. 14 consecutive. And while Uh, In places like Michigan, they have had a general decrease over time of cases. They are having singular days in the middle that represent large spikes. And these days just so happen to coincide with new testing kits being made available. So that's very telling, uh, but it's very... uh, Obviously, I mean, what what does that mean right there? Testing kits being made available and all of a sudden the cases go way up. Okay, that's not a coincidence, obviously. I want to play a, one more clip for you. Now, this is from late February. I believe it was about February 27th. This was before all the restrictions had happened in the country. But here's what Donald Trump had to say at the time. 
We have a total of 15 people, and uh, they're in a process of recovering, with some already having fully recovered. We're at that very low level, and uh, we want to keep it that way. So we're at the low level. As they get better, we take them off the list so that we're going to be pretty soon at only five people, and we could be at just one or two people over the next short period of time. I think we've done a great job. Minimal numbers, we're going to be 100,000 people, and we're going to be hopefully far below that. If we didn't take quick action, you could have lost many millions of people. Okay. So that first clip there, he said we have a total of 15 people. The last, the, the second clip that I played directly after when he talks about minimal amount of losses, he was referring to the 51,000 people that have died now. So, so February 27th, 15 people, and we're going to bring that down to zero. That was what he was saying. Now, May 1st, we have a minimal amount of losses. And he said that the, he was basing that as he was, it's not all demonstrated in the, in the entire clip, but for context, he was being questioned on the number and being 50, around 50,000. And he said, based on initial trajectories, it was supposed to be a minimum of a hundred thousand. And we should be hopefully falling far short of that. So you're already at 51,000. I, I wouldn't call that uh, far short of 100,000 as, as we're talking about human lives. Uh, but maybe that's just maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm just too cynical. But the last part of this that I wanted to bring this all for full circle uh, into Again, Trump calling out, calling out to uh, Joe Biden and his N1H1. Again, why I think that's so important. And I could be here. I mean, I could talk for hours on all the other gaffes that Donald Trump has had. But this is the big one for me. This is, and I know most of you have probably heard this clip, but I'm going to just play it in its, entire, in, in its entirety. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number of lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors. With. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. Okay. So again, I'm sure it's very likely you've heard that. Uh, you've seen memes about it on Facebook. Uh, Donald Trump encouraging or at least putting the idea out there of inject injection of disinfectants into the body to combat this virus. Um, okay. Now you want to talk about gaps. You want to talk about misspeaking. Okay. Um, but the great part about that was actually his response after the fact uh, he was then questioned uh, in, in the oval office to clarify those comments and rather than, rather than showing an ounce of humility and maybe acknowledging that 
he was misunderstanding or just anything, anything, just being a regular person, right? Just owning up to it. Instead of doing any of that, this is what he said. I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen. I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. But it does kill it and it would kill it on the hands and that would make things much better. I was being sarcastic. I was I was responding with a sarcastic question to reporters like you. Now Okay, this is just complete and utter bullshit. So I really shouldn't, I really shouldn't even be uh, commenting extensively. I, I don't think it even deserves any of my time, except for the fact that this is the president, and what he says has has consequences, and it's far-reaching, and it reaches to um, his base, unfortunately, who. Um, seem to think that he's infallible in, in his, uh, in his language. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just such an odd thing. I mean, how is that? How is that sarcasm? How, how is that something? He's, first off, his tone was not sarcastic at all. That was not sarcastic. And if you actually saw the clip of him at the press conference uh, explaining this, he's looking over at the doctor so in the actual video clip, Deborah Burks, she's the task force chair for the coronavirus response. So she's a physician. She's sitting over to the side and he's looking at her while he's saying all this bullshit about injection and UV lights inside the body and can we do this and can we do that? He's looking over at her for affirmation and they do a side by side. And her face is just, oh my God, it's just, if if you're just seeing this like terror, but it's like, it's like a terror mixed with embarrassment, mixed with just like, holy shit, like, what did I open up and what have I, what have I gotten myself into here? Um, so obviously there was some kind of major uh, fallout response towards Donald Trump that somehow or another he was able to understand that what he said was ex extremely stupid at a, at a level that's unconscionable for coming from the president. Uh, but then for him to go around and, and act like he, he was a sarcastic response, uh, it just demonstrates this, uh, just incredible ability to just bullshit. Even when you have video and audio uh, recording now, I mean, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's what we have now. It's what we have. So the last story that I want to talk about today uh, goes back to Joe Biden. And uh, first of all, if, if you've been listening to my show, you, you know, that I was a Bernie Sanders supporter, still am a, still am a Bernie Sanders supporter, uh, but he's not going to be president. And I've not been um, ex exactly ecstatic about Joe Biden. He's not my first 
or even top five or ten choice uh, for the Democratic nominee. Uh, but if he is the nominee, I will I will probably be voting for him. But I do want to address the um, sexual assault claims. Now, this has been going on for a couple weeks now. First off, disclaimer here. Obviously, as I said before, I do not I do not support Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has had a whole shitload of sexual assault uh, uh, accusations right now. Um, there, there, there are things pending against him right now that he just he just denies all of it, and he goes after he attacks the accusers. Um, sometimes going as far as uh, saying that he he wouldn't even be interested in in whatever whoever the person is. Um, anyway, that's not what this is about. Um, I'm not I'm not here to say that. Oh well doesn't matter if Donald Trump does it. It only matters if Joe Biden does it. This isn't even about Donald Trump. He is not a consideration for me. And so I'm just saying that to say, don't, don't, don't tell me or comment to me that I'm being unfair in any way because it's not even close to the same thing. And I understand that. This is, But why this is relevant to me today uh, is... Joe Biden was actually on Morning Joe this morning, and he addressed the allegation head on. And I want to say for Joe Biden that I was very impressed with his response. He was asked flat out uh, if the allegations were true. He very clearly and directly denied that they were true. Uh, But what's really important to me was that he did not go after Tara Reid. He did not attack her character. He didn't question uh, when, when asked why he thought or, or what he thought her motivations were. He didn't speculate as to what they were at all. Uh, and he was very, uh, he was very compassionate in the sense of giving respect to the seriousness of the allegation. And um, the fact that she deserves to be heard. And he opened the door to looking into the National Archive to see if a complaint had been made against him. And not just in, in this particular case, but in in general, like if, if a complaint had ever been made against him, because in his words, as far as he knows, no complaint has ever been made against him. And so I don't want to sit here and, and take a side um, necessarily I will say that I can understand where skepticism might come. Now, this story has changed a little bit. Uh, you also have the fact that it didn't come out for 26 years. This first came out last year, and then over time it's changed a little and, and went from touching her shoulder inappropriately to actual penetration with his fingers. So... So it, it does have some, some room for questioning it. At the same time, I'm not going to just say that she's lying. There's no way, really, I mean, it's, it's been so long now, 
too. Like, there's just no way that that anyone's ever going to know one way or the other. You you can't know unless you were there. So right now it's a matter of how do we look at this going forward and is this a, is this a deal breaker? And again, going back to before, this is nothing to do with Donald Trump. Um, and unfortunately, and this is how it's been before too, um, the, the standards aren't the same. They're just not. The Democrats and the Republicans have a different um, standard, uh, accepting standard uh, for acceptable behavior. I mean, we have a president who he's on tape talking about sexually assaulting women, grabbing them by the pussy, and he's proud of it and he's excited. You know, they let you do it when you're a celebrity, and he won the election. His base doesn't give a shit. They really don't care. So again, this is not a fair fight. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going after this as a as a moral moralistic superiority type of thing uh, it's just it's just not the same standard unfortunately um, but we do look at this as important and where I want to go with this right now is again I'm not here to make a judgment unfortunately no one's gonna ever know for sure but hopefully there will be some sort of investigation that will shed some light that will uh, give clarity to this uh, now personally again I'm not uh, Joe Biden is not my first or even top 10 choice for Democratic nominee, uh, but I do like him. Um, I like him as a person. I've read his book. Um, also, he's, he lost two children. And uh, so I have I have a lot of sympathy for his story. And he's uh, he strikes me as a very caring, compassionate um, person. And I really, I really mean that. I, I, if I were going to give him one quality that I really appreciate is his, his emotion and his caring. And that, that, that's apparent to me. Maybe part of that is having lost a child myself. Maybe I recognize that, or maybe I just appreciate it. Or I, and I don't want to project on other people, but that's just something that, that I notice about him. So I do have, I, I do hope, I, I truly hope, and I, and I do believe, I believe in, in my heart of hearts that, that this probably isn't true. Um, but I do want to say that what I, would, what I would hope, what I would ask of my fellow progressives out there is that we don't just shut down Tara Reid. Um, just today I saw a meme and fortunately it came from a riding with Biden Facebook group and not from Occupy Democrats. I follow Occupy Democrats and I, I, I like them and I, they're very, uh, they're, they're a very legitimate, um, source material that I really respect and appreciate. Fortunately, this was not the, the, the outline of it, the color and everything made it look kind of like it was, but it's actually from the riding with Biden page. It's got a picture of Tara Reid and it says in April, 2019, Tara Reid claimed Biden quote, touched her shoulder inappropriately 27 years ago. When that went nowhere, she magically remembered last month that he actually quote again, penetrated her with his fingers End quote. 
Um, yeah, because one would just forget to mention that part. I call bullshit. We don't believe a word of Tara Reed's public claims, as the evidence does not support them. She waited 27 years to say something, despite Biden being a heartbeat away from the presidency for eight years. Major aspects of her story change every minute. The higher-ups she claims she reported her assault to say she did no such thing, and she has no record of the complaint she supposedly filed, and neither does anyone else. Sorry, we're not buying it. So, I know people that have been victims of sexual assault. I've had people tell me their stories of, of being a victim, and I'm certainly no... I'm not an expert at all in uh, victim response in these sorts of situations. The only thing that I know is that there is no consistent hard rule for how somebody responds to being a victim of a sexual assault, whether it be they take a really long time to respond or whether the story changes, you know, our, um, Sometimes our our picture of how an event unfolded can sh- shift or evolve over time. So, again, what I'm here to do right now, I would just like to ask of my progressive friends, and I say progressive because it's part of our part of the founding principles of progressivism. To me, is fairness and respect and feminism and actually listening to women just like we have uh, that's why it's why we believe in a woman's right to choose so that mantra we believe survivors cannot be pigeonholed into only when it fits politically with our convenience that's the other thing I wanted to say. I'm, I, I, in all this, I do want to give credit to Joe Biden because, again, I really I felt that his response was very good, very responsible, very uh, fair, and compassionate towards Tara Reid. Um, he was questioned on Brett Kavanaugh, who was the uh, he was a nominee, and he's now on the Supreme Court nominated by President Trump two years ago, and during his process of being vetted, a sexual assault claim came up against him. And at the time, Joe Biden was one of many uh, Democrats who, who claimed in, you know, believing in survivors and, and the meet, showing support for the Me Too movement and wanting there to be a serious investigation taking seriously this matter. So he was questioned on that. And what he said was today, and when I say we believe survivors, it means listening to what they have to say and taking it seriously and looking into it, following up on it. And he's, he opened the door for doing that here. He invited it. He said, look into the national archives, talk to, Anybody that worked with me or around me, um, there's just nothing there. Um, there's nothing. There's there's no there's no record of any kind of complaint being made. Um, but he 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 was just very respectful to 
he was he he maintained his innocence while at the same time respecting we believe survivors. I think that was very important and it's again not something that Donald Trump does. He just he just attacks them, goes after them personally. But um I, again, I just want to ask that whether this changes your support for Joe Biden or not, whether this makes you uh hope that we get a different Democratic nominee, however it makes you feel, don't just say that you're just calling bullshit. And and if you are, if you're going to not believe Tara Reid, then have a legitimate reason for it. Have, have a reason based on some kind of substantive information, not because, oh, she didn't mention one part or because she took so long to say something. One of the things it actually says, um, brings up why didn't she bring it up during the eight years that he was a heartbeat away from being president? Well, maybe, and I'm just being the 10th man here playing the other side, but maybe it's because it didn't have anything to do with him being president. Maybe it wasn't political in nature. Maybe that's so. Maybe that's not why she's doing it now. Not because she's he's about to be president. Maybe it's because whatever other God knows what reason. Um, I'm not saying that that is or isn't true. I think it is pretty convenient that this just comes out now, just right after he becomes the presumptive nominee. But I'm not taking it upon myself to make that judgment, and I and that's what I'm asking people to do is to not spread these sorts of memes like this about how we call bullshit on her story. Because to me, all that does is it's, it, it, it's a dialogue. It, it, it sends a message that we don't believe survivors if it doesn't fit with our convenience. And that's not who we are. That's not what progressivism is about. Um, we need to listen. We, and, that, and that's what I, because when we don't, then you just kind of become like a a pack, like a herd mentality, and you're not even thinking anymore. That's not what I want to be a part of. I want to believe that that this is that this is false, and that Joe Biden is is clear and innocent. And I believe that uh, based on what I know of him, that that's that's the case. But let's keep our respect. Thanks again. I'm going to be trying to keep this up more regularly with, uh, with current events. Uh, I've really enjoyed this, this journey and then this, uh, this evolution of, of finding my voice and uh, kind of increasing my, my confidence in speaking and, and sharing my views. And I I hope that uh, you've enjoyed listening and that you'll continue to check it out. And uh, please continue to leave me your comments and voice messages. Uh, Give me suggestions or things that you'd like to talk about, current events uh, or otherwise that you think need to be discussed. And uh, again, I will be talking with you again very soon. Thanks a lot. Remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus.